From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. That's right. It's another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com where we're talking about all that 3A, 2A, 1A stuff going on in District 3. The Treasure Valley PrepCast is brought to you by DL Evans Bank. This is Community Banking, and this is Brandon Bainey with Logan Green. Logan, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just, uh, just you know, another great week of high school sports last week and getting ready for another great one this week as well. Yeah, now uh, we, of course, offer a lot of different ways for you to consume the Treasure Valley PrepCast each week. Everybody has their preference. There's audio only at our website, idahosports.com as well as wherever you download your podcasts, Apple, Google. Uh, on my phone, it's called Podcast Addict because I'm, uh, I guess, old school and I have an Android still. <laughs> I haven't switched over to the dark side. Um, you can also uh, catch the video of the Treasure Valley PrepCast each week on the IdahoSports.com uh, YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. And if you're watching the video, I always try to incorporate one video-specific element. Uh, Logan, go ahead and show off that shirt you're rocking. Oh, yeah, here we go. My old school NC State shirt fresh off the win against Clemson. It's a it's a good week to be a Pack fan right now. Finally, I can't say that many times in my life, but it is a it's a good week right now. I mean, they'll, they'll find a way to blow this great <laughs> opportunity they've been given and they will like like the baseball team getting sent home for sure going to win the College World Series and then they get sent home. It's, you know, it'll crash and burn, but we're going to ride the top right now and enjoy it. We're going to, you know. If you, if you had told me coming into the season that the, the teams with the most buzz in the ACC right now would be NC State, Georgia Tech, Boston College. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah. So so congratulations well, to your Wolfpack. Yeah. Well, here's, I know, nobody wants to listen to ACC football, but it's like the team that worries me the most is, is Wake Forest. Man, they, I don't know what it is, but when NC State has to play at Wake, I talk about a boring environment that half the time the other stadium. I've been there when Wake Forest has had to call a timeout because they couldn't hear when they're on offense. Like, you know, it's it's, it's – <laughs> The other fans fill their stadium more there in Winston-Salem. But I don't know what it is. They just get NC State almost every time when they play over there. So, And I think the game is at Wake this year. So that makes me worried. So, I mean, they got the, quote, hard part out of the way with Clemson. So it's all downhill theoretically from there. But that that uh, they still got Boston College, Louisville, and Wake Forest. So we'll see. I know ACC definitely uh, – <laughs> Not America's premier football conference, but hey, you know, you beat Clemson, you'll enjoy it. We're in the top 25. Panthers are 3 and 0. My life is really, really good in the sports world right now. I'm not going to complain. For sure. Uh, congratulations to your NC State Wolfpack uh, team success, but along the way, you have torpedoed the entire ACC's chances of participating <laughs> I know, I know. In the college football uh, playoff. So they're they're all shaking their heads right now. Hey, the Wake Forest might sneak their way, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we destroyed it. Yeah. All right. So you ready for this transition? Because obviously, this is not a college football or it's ACC not. podcast. We could uh, do one of those, Brandon. We we could do one. We could. It'd just, be a lot of fun. just an offshoot college football one. 
Yeah. I'm sure nobody would listen to it, but it would be fun. Yeah, I don't know how many I, people living in Idaho would, would really be into what's <laughs> going on in the ACC. But yeah, let's talk about it, guys. Anyways, anyways. Of course, the big news in college football recently has been conference realignment. And as I transition into high school sports, realignment on the way. Because today, the IHSAA had their uh, September meeting uh, in Haley, actually, at Wood River High School. And uh, today was the big day we were all waiting for. All the schools that were petitioning either to move up a level or stay down a classification level. Um, all those cases were heard today. And uh, for the most part, kind of a mixed bag. Some schools were granted an exemption and some weren't. But as it pertains to the Treasure Valley, normally we talk about those 3A, 2A, 1A schools. But I think just for this one time, let's let's talk about some of yeah. the 5A, 4A stuff that's impacting the Treasure Valley. Yeah, I mean, you saw, I mean, most of the 4A SIC was involved in this, right? So Caldwell petitioned down and it was approved. And I, I think I... I don't think anybody has a problem with that. Uh, same thing with Ridgeview. They petitioned to stay down. Um, and then, of course, Skyview is moving down just because of the numbers are lower. Um, but then Nampa petitioned, and they, they were denied. Um, and then, of course, uh, Middleton, I was surprised to see them. I didn't think um, Andy Ankney was was going to do that, but I thought he made a great point. I was listening to it. So I was working and watching that on my iPad beside each other. You know, it, it was a good time. Um, good way to, to burn your morning work hours. Right. Um, but he made a good point and it, it's just an interesting transition. And I don't, I, I do not know what this answer is. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. So if anybody else out there has solutions, I'd love to hear them. Um, but he said, if you look at the four ASIC, Almost the entire conference is move downs, right? Caldwell moved down. Ridgeview moved down. Um, in the past, Nampa had moved down. And, and it really, it was Emmett and Bishop Kelly that were the true 4A teams sitting there in 4A. And both of those two teams are barely 4A. They're friends. They, you know, their numbers are close almost in the 3A level. So there's a big gap. And he's, and Andy kind of, Forgive me, I do a lot of Middleton games and, and know Andy pretty well, so if I'm not s saying his words exactly as I remember hearing him, but he's kind of just like, well, why not us? Why? I mean, everybody else is doing it. And then somebody else made the comment there, too, of, of what is this process of, you know, there's really no hard line that says you get to go, you don't. It's all up to the board. Um and, you know, I thought he might, he had a good point at first. I kind of thought he, he had Middleton, of course, won a state basketball championship a couple years last year. Football teams always in state. Girls basketball is always at state. Girls soccer is always at state. Uh, tennis and golf do well too. So, I, you know, they, they don't have any problems with that and had nothing to go with there. But his, his point was kind of, well, why not everybody else? And Middleton's growing. They're going to be well into 5A numbers soon enough, and it won't matter. But uh, his point of, well, everybody else is going down, so why don't I just stay? We make a good conference. We make a great conference. Um, and obviously that failed. Um, but I, like I said, I think his point was valid in where is the line, Brandon? Like what's the – I mean, we saw Vision Charter. That's the one in our group, right, in our 1A, 2A, 3A. They were, they're supposed to be at a 2A level. They got to play down at 1A Division One. Uh, that was approved again. It had been like that. Um, 
but yeah, it's just like, where, where is the line? Where is, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air. It's just an arbitrary decision to say who gets to go, who has to stay. And, um, yeah, it's just an interesting, I, you know, I don't think that there was a bad decision made. I'll, I'll say that. I think every decision was correct. I thought Middleton should have moved up. Nampa probably should be moving up and those other schools definitely Caldwell should be down. And so should Bridgeview, but you look around, um, it's just, I think some people would have that. It's like, well, where's the line where, what's the, what went into the decision? And like I said, ultimately, I think it was the right decision, but you know, you can see that being a question mark head scratcher for some people. Yeah. Well, Logan, you've lived in Idaho a, a lot longer than I have, but I'll tell you in the three plus years that I've lived here, from what I've seen, to me, it's pretty simple. If you're a successful team and you're winning a lot, you're going to get kicked up. You're not going to yep. win your appeal. If you're, if you are a, an athletics program that is struggling to uh, get wins and get, and then in turn get players to come out because you know, people want to play for winners, generally speaking, um, then you get yeah. to stay down. And to me, is it fair? No, it's not. Is it the best system they can come up with given the parameters of what they have to work with? Yes. But to me, it's pretty simple. Middleton, they've been winning a lot. They're up. Ridgeview has not been winning a lot. They get to stay down, right? And in, in other parts of the state. Yeah. Idaho Falls got kicked up to 5A two years ago. They had just won the boys' basketball title at 4A. Shelley had been running roughshod over, over everybody in 3A. They get moved up to 4A. CUNA came off of the state 4A football yeah. title and were pretty good at wrestling. They got bumped up to 5A. Uh, so to me, it's, it is arbitrary. And it basically, to me, it boils down to, are your teams good? Then you yeah, what have you done for me lately kind of attitude? Yeah, even Emmett, right? Emmett petitioned to stay in 3A and they got kicked up because they were going in on to deep playoff runs. Um, and they, they're one of the teams that has been able to turn it around and figure it out. But it, it took a couple of years and that's what it's going to take for yeah. almost all these teams. It's going to take them a couple of years to kind of figure it out. And by then, who knows? Maybe they're <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, too, is there's these teams that are constantly yo-yoing back and forth. You know, I think of I think of Skyview. I think of Skyline over in Idaho <laughs> Falls. Because isn't isn't Idaho Falls moving back down to 4A like I. I thought I maybe I'm maybe I'm misreading that. I thought I saw their move, but yeah, there there's these teams going back and forth, and you think it's hard to like maintain, you know, those comp those true rivalries, right? Because you know, I know Middleton and Bishop Kelly; those two schools get up to play each other every year, and and now that that's not a conference game anymore. It doesn't mean as much. It's still going to be important, but y you've got to admit that non-conference games just they just they don't, as the kids say, it doesn't hit. It hits different, right? Uh, than than a non-conference game. Uh, so, I, you know, and and those and that's what one thing that um, Andy said. Um, um, I, a quote that um, Mike Laglama had in the Statesman tonight. Uh, he just said, you know, that they're excited for what's coming, the new rivalries that are going to be put in place. Um, and so I thought that was a great quote that he's looking forward. And I think that's what you got to do. Once the decision's made, you just got to go forward with it. Um, and looking around, there was a lot of movement in the, in the 1A level. A lot of teams moved from 1A D1 down to 1A D2. And, and I think it's good for those programs, especially where there's not a lot of kids. Um, and it's tough to want to get kids 
to come in and and get you know beat <laughs> like that, um, especially when there's only twelve or fifteen kids that are that that can go out for it. Yeah. Um, and so it makes it. I think it's a better deal for a team. Um, like I believe Clark Fork moved down, Wallace moved down, Lewis County the co-op with um, and Kylan and Nez Perce they moved down. Um, I, I think it's good for them. I think it's good for those teams, even for Caldwell. Like if they can just get you know some stability, get kids and wanting to play. And I think that's where the successful programs they've been good for so long. Like you look at, let's just take a like Gooding. I'm gonna I'm gonna use Gooding. Um, cause I like, I think Gooding is a good, um, a good school system, a good, just good, a well-run program by coach Anderson, but you look, and I mentioned this here before the kids around the field in Gooding, they've got their middle school jerseys on. They've got their peewee jerseys on that say senators and they, they want to do that. They want to play. They want, that's what they want. And, and they see the good, they, they see success. And so they want to be successful and those schools, they, they, you know, maybe playing down can help them get to that point and bring the younger generation up and make them want to be successful. And then in return, you're able to build a bigger program and move back up to where you should be. I'm just spitting out loud here, Brandon, but um, just uh, no, I, the more programs we have that are successful, the better the state of Idaho is in football, period. So. Yeah, we have a good think tank going here, Logan. I, I a couple of points, and then we can move on to actual results and things like that. Um, with Middleton moving up to 5A, I think they have a chance for a real home field advantage because everyone's going to have to leave the metro area uh, yeah. to travel out there, right? So That's right. Not a, not a short jaunt, but uh, so that's going to be big. Um, to the point I was stating earlier about those teams that always seem to be hopping on the elevator, right? They're either moving up or, or, and then two, two years later, they're back down. I've I've said this for a while now, why don't we move the goalposts? Why don't we sit down and, and, and redo the enrollment numbers and change the parameters? If there's so many teams that are straddling that line, let's tweak, let's tweak the uh, enrollment uh, figures that are required for each level. And I think you'll have less volatility because of that. Yeah, I mean, because going back to what we said, is there a four A? There, there's not a true four A team in the Treasure Valley. It seems like it seems like they're all five A teams. That there's not a four A. They're they're all petitioning down, except Emmett and Bishop Kelly, and and now Skyview. Those are the three. Everybody else in the SIC is petitioned down. Um, we're getting kicked up. So, yeah, it's uh, you're right. Let's move those goalposts. Um. In, in this, not in every, not in other things, but uh, in life, yeah. but, but here, yeah. Why don't we, why don't we adjust those? And I, like I said, I don't have answers. I don't know where you move the goalposts to, but maybe it's just something to think about. I think that point was made during the meeting. I wish I could remember who it was that stated that, um, but he said that just a little bit of general confusion and, and wondering where does it end and where does it start? And, I guess it'll be the question on everybody's mind until the next time we get to back to the petitions. Yes. And then I, I, I did want to also mention uh, kind of the other big piece of news that came about because of this is uh, people or schools can now uh, petition for football only, right? We saw with like Wood right. River, for example, they are a 4A school in every sport now except football. They petition down and will compete in 3A for football. Last week on the North Idaho PrepCast, I was talking to Stetson Spooner, the head coach of Mullen St. Regis and, and that co-op. 
and th- and this is how it'll tie into what we're talking about here with these 1A programs in in the Treasure Valley. I asked him, I said, you know, he's from Montana. I'm from Montana. And in Montana, co-ops are very common. <laughs> like like schools mm. are getting hitched all the time. There's a co-op this year in Montana, Logan. It's, it's five schools. Playing. I know. I listened. That was a great episode, yeah. that one with you and Stetson. If you guys didn't listen to that, that was – you just don't hear about – that's a, gr- a great run program and worth a listen to, that episode. Yeah, and, and you can find it on our site, idahosports.com. Across the top of the homepage, there's a PrepCast's uh, menu and it drops down and it's got all of our prep casts on there. You just click on the North Idaho prep cast. Um, and yeah, you can hear that conversation. So we talked about, you know, Mullen is one of the few co-ops in the state of Idaho. And I said, why are teams so resistant to that? You know, you've got, for example, salmon river, a team that is like barely getting by with numbers, right. Or, yeah. or a Meadows Valley, which for years didn't have a football team. Right. And I, and I yeah. said, how come, how come those smaller communities aren't co-oping together to say, you know, it's, it's better to have a season than not. And he said, I think now that there are football only petitions that can be put in place, Stetson coach Spooner said that maybe we'll start to see more of those co-ops where two schools can get together and not have to worry about the enrollment numbers as much knowing that they right. can petition for a football only arrangement. So I think right. it will be interesting to see, especially in the Treasure Valley, because there are, uh, you know, for example, Cascade this year tried to have their own program, ultimately didn't have enough. And all those players are just part of McCall Donnelly. It's not a it's not the McCall Donnelly dash Cascade. Cascades, right? yeah. it's, it's just McCall Donnelly. So that so you lose that identity. But when with a co-op, it's, it's both schools are on the on the uniform. Both schools are out front. So I don't know. What do you think? Are, are we going to do you think? Yeah, is on to something there. I mean, you can't deny it. Like, especially let's let's just take that Meadows Valley um, Salmon River issue, right? So let's say you combine the, the numbers, and maybe they're a fringe two A or a high one A D one school, um, but definitely looking at it this year, those two are not one. They should not be playing a one A D one, and I don't think anybody would see past that and say, yeah, they they should be. You know those two schools. You combine them; they're bigger than they're bigger than council. They're bigger. You know, let's. Just, they're bigger than council and Garden Valley put together. They should. They should be one AD one. I don't think anybody would have that attitude, and I think that you saw that in the meeting. Somebody was sticking up for. Uh, somebody was going around uh, sticking. They were talking about open gym, and they were talking. It was somebody was making a comment about Richfield, and then the Richfield AD stood up and he's like, "Thanks for sticking up for Richfield." I think everybody. I don't think anybody's vindictive out there and is going to punish other kids for their own agenda. I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think you saw that with the votes. I think they were very in line with what they should have been. And I think all the petitions that should have happened um, were approved and that should have been denied were denied. And I think everything lined up. I think that will continue. So I, I do, I agree with it. I think that you probably will see that like if, if, if salmon river and, um, Meadows Valley could combine. Um, I don't know what do you call that? The Salmon um, Meadows or um, and, and I mean Meadows I just, River. What would you? <laughs> I just used that as an example. I mean, those two no, schools don't have to co-op together necessarily. They can. No, yeah, and I right. just thought that's what came to mind. I was just spitting out. I was making something up, and they're they're close enough, right? So we could yeah. use them as an example. But I mean, even like, let's say you know Wallace and Mullen right? Get small enough or, 
or like a green leaf if they need to combine with wilder which they you know if, if their numbers dip um and you combine them together those, those two are probably going to be at a two a 2A level if not higher but they should definitely be playing at one ad one level um so that there's another example of just just spitting out hypotheticals out there that could occur um so I agree. I think that you'll probably see that. Um, and and I think it'll be good. I think it'll make for deeper teams where people aren't forced to play a position that maybe doesn't suit them um, and that they can play where they want to play and, you know, don't have to play every snap and get worn out. And I think it'll be good overall. I think um, it'll be interesting over the next couple of years to see how it ends up shaking out for that. Yeah, I mean, we could be totally wrong as well. So, yeah, you're right. It could, which probably will be. You know, I'm never right, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, speaking of totally wrong, we uh, yeah. we, we were totally wrong on the Western Idaho Conference and two A football. And, and, and I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I will eat all the crow all day long. I'm not. It doesn't bother me. And here we got. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna pull this up. Well, before before you dive in too deep, Logan, yes. let's, let's take nope. a break. Let's let's get out our uh, you know eat my hat. Let's get out our fork and knife and get ready because we got some crow to eat. So we have some apologies <laughs> to make. Let's take a break real quick though. You're listening slash watching the Treasure Valley Prepcast, sponsored by DL Evans Bank. This is Community Banking, and we will be right back to talk about the two AWIC and lots of other good stuff right after this on the Treasure Valley Prepcast on idahosports.com. Wherever you are, D11's Bank is right there to help. From applying for loans to opening new accounts and signing documents, personalized service is just a video call away. This is Bank Live with D11's Bank. This is Community Banking. All right, we're back on the Treasure Valley Prepcast. Brandon Bainey, Logan Green. Here I am, um, metaphoric hat in hand. I don't have an actual hat anywhere near Yeah. We uh, we got it wrong. Well, I got it wrong in the preseason. I got it wrong. Well, I mean, you still have a chance. We so when we were talking about That's the two A WIC football this year, we both said, "Well, Melba was picked the favorite in the preseason coaches poll." And you and I were like, "Yeah, we don't really agree with that." You know, we're smarter than the coaches. Uh, you said you liked Nampa Christian. I said I liked Coal Valley Christian. <laughs> well, <laughs> Nampa Christian hasn't played Melba yet, so you're still you're not you. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope here that maybe I was right. Yeah, but I will say Melba really impressed me in a 44 to 21 win over Cole Valley Christian. I thought Cole Valley was ready to take that next step. Yeah. Um, and they're a good Cole Valley's a good team still, but not quite at the level that Melba is. Yeah, I think Melba has just showed everybody that yeah, they might have had some early season losses, but they are still who who they have been here in the WIC, right? That they are the team to beat. And until somebody beats them, we can't knock them off. And so maybe that was our fault for jumping the gun there. Um, but, you know, Nampa Christian's still lurking around, but, you know, common opponent is is Fruitland. And, man, that uh, Nampa Christian got beat pretty heavily by Fruitland. Uh, and that Melba game with Fruitland was very tight. So if you're into that kind of thing, um, there's a comparison there. But, you know, I, I, I think, I think, Melba has proved me wrong, proved you wrong, um, probably proved a lot of people wrong um, out there just saying that that we're back. And and here's the thing that I like. We got an email um, from, 
from Corey Dickert. So, Corey, we appreciate your email. Um, he called us out, and uh, he's right. Um, and listen, if if we're wrong on something, please, I will send it to me. I want to hear it. It'd be great. My, my Twitter is at Lo, or Idaho Sports LPG. You can find me there. You can email me. It's Logan at IdahoSports.com. Send me how I'm wrong and tell me what you want me to say because we we like this. This is a great email from from Corey, right? He, you know, we we, we I had hit on that I like that offensive line from Nampa Christian, um, and he came out and said that that Melba offensive line has not been getting credit, and I agree with him. And we're going to go ahead and give them that credit that they deserve. I think they um, have showed up. Um, and like you said, that big win over Coal Valley, just uh, I think that that put me back in my seat a little bit saying, wow, they really took it. Not just that they beat them, but that the way they beat them in that game really kind of set them apart and says, hey, maybe the Mustangs are back. And maybe it's not just in the conference, but maybe it's a it's a whole two-way thing now that they have to worry, that people have to worry about Melba. Um, but Melba, we'll just take a look at their offensive line here. Um, some of the stats for their players. We, you know, Corey mentions uh, the tight end Will Vale. He's a senior, three-year starter um, on that on the line there. One of the right tackles, Troy Theobald, senior for and starting for two years. Sean Canoy is a senior and a two-year starter. Corey Dickard, the center, is a junior and a three-year starter. Um, and then you've got uh, David. Castle is a senior and a three-year starter. Um, and then uh, the left tackle, Ben Evans, is a senior. You know, And it says he, he's a first-year offensive line starter, but he makes the move from fullback. He's a big boy. Um, so you just looking at that, that those, what do they call them, the, the hogs on the line? Right. Um, they've been pushing people around, and it looks like they're going to continue to push around everybody um, in, in the 2AWIC. And, and I, I was wrong. And I'll admit it, and I'm I'm right here to admit it that uh, Melba looks good. Um, they're great, and uh, I want more of this. I want more emails from people like Corey out there. Please send it our way. Yep, I totally agree. Brandon at IdahoSports.com or at, on Twitter at Brandon underscore Bainey B A N E Y. Um, yeah, you know Melba. Uh, we did those top ten positional previews in the off season, right, leading up to the start of the season. Um, uh, Cody Dickard made our top 10 offensive lineman. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the only underclassman to make the top 10 list. I'm pretty sure uh, it's been a while. So I, I don't remember exactly, but uh, because he, I think he was the best center in the state and that's why I yeah. included him in there. Will, uh, Will Vale at tight end just missed the cut on our top 10 receivers and tight ends. That was kind of a combo list and he just missed the cut. So uh, coming in, like there were some guys that I knew were going to be good for Melba. And it's it's not that yeah. we were wrong to say that Nampa Christian is is good or Cole Valley Christian is good because they both are. But we we have been kind of neglecting Melba a little yes, bit. Yes. Yeah, and that's what I meant. Not to say that those two teams are great, and I think they'll probably be playoff teams right. in Cole Valley and Nampa Christian. But I I, th- I just didn't give them enough credit. I didn't. I I thought that those two teams were going to make the jump, and I kind of, like you said, I kind of just pushed them to the side. And uh, they said, "No, Brandon. No, Logan. We're still here. Uh, we won this thing last year, and until somebody beats us, it's still ours. And uh, and it's still theirs. Looking like right now, they're uh, playing great. I believe. And they they lost to North Fremont, and they lost. And that there's no shame in that. North Fremont, just a phenomenal two A program. And then they lost to to Fruitland, a three A school on the road. So I mean, you can't really. Those two are 
those aren't bad losses. And that's only going to help come playoff time when that playoff seeding comes around. Right. So, uh, and just to wrap up the two, a WIC talk, Napa Christian had a non-conference game last week, 76 to nothing shutout over Valley the week before, uh, they got their first conference win over Marcin, 43, nothing. So in the past two games, you know, they've outscored their opponents. What is that? 109 to zero. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah they're rolling. I think Melba beat Valley 74 to zero the week before that too. So yeah, <laughs> Uh, a little rough week for the Vikings from Hazleton, but, uh, but anyways, um, that's the magic Valley's business. Um, (laughs) right. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how those two teams play later between Nampa Christian and Melba and see, um, if that's close, see how it goes. Um, I still think it could be a toss up game. I think those lines are going to be pushing each other around. Um, and we'll see how that one shakes up. That should be a great, that one's later on in the season. I think a couple, it's in two or three more weeks before those two teams match up. Yeah, it looks like the only conference game in, in the 2A WIC uh, this week is Nampa Christian at New Plymouth. So, and New Plymouth just lost to Vale 12 6. Pretty tough loss, but I didn't see anybody else that's playing. I think, uh, hold on, I got my schedule. I don't, I don't see, I don't see anybody else. So. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a, yeah, no, it's a quiet, uh, I guess everybody has a bye week this week. Yeah. Well, it's uh, m- much deserved this time of the year for sure. So, um, one league that is not going to be quiet this week is the, the SRV, the three, a snake river Valley conference, um, Homedale five and oh, Weezer five and oh, those two sure seem to be on a collision course. We thought Fruitland, yep. you know, Fr- Fruitland maybe had a little juice, pardon the pun, but man, Weezer put that to bed pretty quickly last week. A 40 to 18 win over Fruitland to go to one and oh in the league. Um, Fruitland now two and two. So I, I think it's clear the gap between Homedale yep. and Weezer and, and, and the next group pretty large. Yeah. And, and, Fruitland hung around for a little bit. I think they were in it. I think they might have even had the lead around halftime. Um, as I was following scores, you know, it, you're doing. I'm doing a game, but also I like to know what's going on, right? I like to follow the the Friday Night Flash on IdahoSports.com and uh, and see what's going. That's just the easiest place, right? It's the easiest place to get all the scores from around the state because I could scroll Twitter or other social media sites, but I, I am making a plug right here. It's shameless. But, I mean, it really is great, right? All the scores across the state on one page, you just change your tab for what level you want, and the scores are there. You don't have to ask uh, Cousin Betty from uh, Shelly to send you the score. You can you can just go to the website, right? Um, and so I enjoy looking at that. And so I was following that score as it got updated on, on the on the flash and – and so it was a little tight early, and then and then of course Weezer pulled away. And like you said, I think there there's the gap right there. I think that that gap is between it's Weezer and it's Homedale, and then it's Fruitland, and then it's everybody else. Um, I think that's uh, that's kind of how it looks like looks looks to be shaking out this year. Yeah, uh, Homedale had a forty nine to seven win over McCall Donnelly, a team that. Um, maybe had some sleeper buzz coming into the season. And then and then the big matchup we talked about, Payette at Parma. I thought this was a great opportunity for Parma to, to get that first win and 
Yeah, they, they came up just short, 21 to 18. Yeah, almost able to pick it up. And, you know, looking at um, Payette, three wins. So for, for a team that didn't win a game, or they had their season canceled was it two or three years ago, that they didn't have the numbers. And now all of a sudden they got three wins here in the 3A. Um, I believe it was three years ago that they, they just didn't even have the numbers. And uh, they had to close up shop. Um, well, in Logan, they, they, they're, they're, they're a player two away from being four and one instead of three and two. They, they lost to New Plymouth by eight, 24 to 16. I mean, that was yeah. a very winnable game for them as well. So it's nice. Yeah. So maybe they're up and coming. I know that they've traditionally struggled, but hey, I mean, maybe they're, they're turning the corner there in Payette. And maybe all the kids from Fruitland moved up the, the road a little too far and uh, have to play for Payette now. But, uh, no, I think, like you said, I think it's just a crash course. We're waiting for that Weezer um, Homedale game. This is going to, I think that'll be a, and you know what's interesting is last year, Homedale was undefeated and so was Fruitland going into that matchup. It was the last game of the regular season. And then Homedale just was all over Fruitland in that game. And then Fruitland ended up losing in the playoffs to Weezer. So, We'll see how the that that ends up shaking out at the end. I think this is a little different. I think last year people could see that coming. That's kind of how I thought it was going to shake out. But this year, I think those two teams are two of the the top three teams in the state in three A right now. Yep. And um, speaking of three A football, as we look at the schedule this week, I, I was peeking at the bracket, the st- the three A state bracket. Yeah. Um, and the representation. And in 3A, there's there's no at-large bids, right? It's all just all predetermined. The five conference champs get buys. The other teams all kind of have play-in games, and then they reseed them one through eight um, as they advance through. So I'm pretty sure I got that right, right, Logan? I think so. I, I was looking at it, too. I believe that's because that's how it was last year. It's like everybody played, and then they reshuffled everything and threw them back in. Yeah, so, so- – um, they, they basically have the six at large teams or the six non-conference champions play, uh, play in games. And then from there it's quarterfinals. So district three and, gets three teams. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great way to line it up. Cause let's, let's just hypotheticals. Let's say Homedale beats Weezer and that's Weezer's only loss of the year. I don't think it's number one fair for a team to host Weezer to win, you know, win their or whatever it is, and they get a home playoff game, and then Weezer shows up and beats them by forty, you know, in the first round. Like that's probably not fair. So, and what's going to happen is now let's let's if if Weezer loses to Homedale, they're probably going to get a home play-in game, right? Yes. Um, and then if they win that, they'll go on and it'll get reshuffled, and they'll probably still be a top three team and have a home game. And that's probably how it should be, rather than sending them on the road to Kellogg or something, but Kellogg actually. So if you look at the, the standings in 4A, right, in, in the poll that came out today, uh, it was um, Homedale was one, and then Gooding was two, Weezer was three, and then Kellogg was four, and then there was a huge drop in votes. I think Sugar Salem was five, yeah. but they only had five votes, and, and Kellogg had 20 votes or something like I mean, it's a huge drop-off. I think those four teams – have started to separate themselves from everybody else. Um, it's kind of just a jumbled mess. And so those four teams deserve home games for sure. Um, yep. And so, so it would be a shame to see one at like uh, in this conference specifically 
somebody have to go on the road that opening week after virtually going undefeated except losing for to the number one team in the state. So I think it works out well for for three A. Yep. And I, just before we get more emails, uh, Weezer was two in the poll. I don't want to shortchange Weezer. Okay, Weezer was two. Sorry, I I'm. Yep. It's I look at a lot a of while. stuff every day and I can't remember. So yes. Yeah, it's all good. Gooding was three and yeah. Kellogg four. All right. So. I apologize, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Don't so, worry. You know, yeah. One and two right here in the same, you know, yeah. off the same highway 95. So, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, they both deserve home games. So hopefully it sounds like that's probably how it'll end up shaking out. Yes. So this week, Parma is at Homedale. Probably a win for Homedale. Weezer is at Payette. Probably a win for Weezer. Here's the interesting game. McCall Donnelly at Fruitland. The winner of that game yeah. probably gets that third and final playoff spot. Yeah, so that is a huge game yeah. for those two teams. I don't think a lot of people look at it that way, but like you said, that's most likely a conference. That's going to decide a conference spot because those two teams probably went out. The rest, you know, they're going to beat. They're going to beat Payette. They're going to beat Parma. I would assume, um, and then lose to Weezer and um, Fruit Weezer and um, Homedale. So they got to beat that team. That's who they got to beat to to sneak in the playoffs. So big game for those two teams. I do think I, I if I had to throw my hat in anybody's ring, I, I'm going to throw it Fruitland's way this weekend. Okay, I I picked uh, Fruitland last week over Weezer in the. Uh, Gridiron game picks, which you can also compete in on the homepage at idahosports.com, where you pick uh, the winner of every single game across the state. You compete against uh, the experts like me, experts in quotes like me and Logan, and <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. So don't forget to do that before 7 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday as well. Get those picks locked in. You could win some cold hard cash if you're our weekly winner, and it's free to play. So nothing more like free money, right? That's right. Yeah. So. Uh, that's going to be a, a, a big matchup, and I, I guess I would have to lean with you and maybe give the slight nod to Fruitland. Although McCall Donnelly, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they if they came out. But yeah, we'll go with Fruitland there. But yeah, and and you know, looking around as well in one A, it's also a quiet night in one A on Friday. Only a couple games in District Three, like and you got Tri Valley playing Garden Valley. You got Salmon River and Horseshoe Bend. Uh, Meadows Valley is going to play the uh, JV team from Lewis County. Those are the 1A D2 games. And then 1A D1, uh, Notice and Idaho City, and then Wilder and Greenleaf. And that's it. Uh, yeah. It's it's bye week this week for most of the uh, um, the teams here in Southwest Idaho. For sure. The, the 1A results last week, I think that we were – uh, keeping an eye on Horseshoe Bend went over to Water Springs in that uh, yeah. late addition to the schedule and one fifty to thirty further cementing. I think that Horseshoe Bend's a pretty pretty solid team this year. Um, Council continues to look really good. You know, we talked about uh, Tri Tri Valley playing Council, and the winner of that game had a really good chance to to grab a playoff spot. So Council with the fifty six to twelve win there. Idaho City gets their first win, forty two to twenty over Greenleaf Friends. Um, the, the game that uh, Garden Valley, of course, over Salmon, just a, a shorthanded Salmon River team at this point. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the big game we were, uh, you know, Will Henneke and I talked about on the eight-man prep cast was Rimrock at Wilder. And we thought that was going to be kind of a de facto playoff game. And the winner of that game probably had the inside track at, at second place in the conference. And Wilder wins a, a low-scoring one, 12 to 6. 
yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen a eight man game be that low scoring. It just, just very, very a low scoring game. But you know, and that's kind of how you know I went over to Wilder a couple weeks ago, saw them, and I, I really thought that Wilder had that second spot in hand. Um, and I, I think that game proves it. So that they'll get to dance with notice. I think they play the last week of the season uh, to see who's going to win win that conference and you know it, it's still looking like it'll be notice um but wilder i think their defense is really good i mean they had to play really their one blip on the radar is that carry game um and everybody gets that from carry it's not uncommon it's it's just it's just the nature of that beast um those guys they beat a 4a school last year like i you know any so we'll just just yeah, we'll just yeah yeah we'll just we'll just ignore that one. Um, but outside of that, defense is playing playing very well for Wilder. And uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, sometimes that defense can make the difference when you get late in the season and playoff time rolls around. Yeah, so uh, we we are where as we cross over into October this weekend. Now the games really start to take on a lot more importance. It's going to be a lot of fun to break down uh, all of the big football games that happened over the uh, course of the week on next week's edition. Before we wrap it up, I did want to mention real quick in volleyball, Logan, we kind of had talked about how there was that three-headed monster at the 1A D2 ranks yeah. with Tri-Valley and Horseshoe Bend and Council. Well, Tri-Valley last week played both Horseshoe Bend and Council and fell uh, and actually got swept in both matches, 3 nothing. So yeah. Tri-Valley, I know, was a team we were pretty excited about coming in, and, and they're not out of it by any stretch but horseshoe bend continues to just impress they're still undefeated and council with coach paula tucker orchestrating a turnaround there it's it's yeah. a fascinating district tournament to watch and, and those two play t- tomorrow if you're listening to it on wednesday tonight so it'll be on the on september 29th those two team play and uh, i'm gonna get to my i know we're wrapping up here but the three stars i'm gonna go ahead and give out one right now because we're here but one of my three stars was to the council volleyball team. Uh, council volleyball team, the last week, they beat Meadows Valley 3-0, Garden Valley 3-1, Tri-Valley 3-0, and then Ambrose 3-0. So they win four games and only lose one set in those four games. That's pretty and, impressive. And they beat Tri-Valley handily 3-0. Like, yeah. you know, watch out now. I don't think um, – I think we liked Tri-Valley, and uh, all of a sudden – Council saying, "Hey, what about us here?" And uh, look, looking real good. I know that they did play earlier. Um, Council and Horseshoe Bend a couple weeks ago, and Horseshoe Bend won that game. Uh, but that was in Horseshoe Bend. This one will be in Council tomorrow night. So you never know. They're on a roll right now. They're lo- the Lady Lumberjacks are. So watch out for them. Uh, could be a great game if they're able to beat um, Horseshoe Bend. You know, look out. We might have a number new number one team in the state if they're able to come away with a win there. That is very true. That's a good point, Logan, for sure. Well, yeah, we you talk about one it. and two in the same week. You, you're going to get it. <laughs> right. For sure. Um, okay. So you mentioned it. Uh, we always wrap up the show with Logan's three stars, kind of like uh, in college football, how you give out a helmet decal to a, to a player that uh, stood out. So, okay. You've already given away one of your stars. What are the other two? Yeah. So we're going to go Melba football um, after the, after the big win. I think that was just a big statement win. Uh, overall against Cole Valley. I mean, coming from from us, some people that thought that maybe it was Cole Valley, um, 
his turn or didn't give him a lot of credit. I mean, they proved me wrong. They proved us wrong. And uh, so I give them a star for that big win against Cole Valley. And then I'm going to uh, number three. I know we gave one a couple weeks ago to uh, um, Abby Robodeau from uh, Fruitland soccer. So Fruitland soccer, girl soccer is on a tear right now. I don't think anybody's going to stop them. Uh, they're just, they're rolling through conference play right now. And just listen to, listen to these statistics um, on the team. So Abby Robodeau has 45 goals in 11 games. She has 12 assists. She is averaging nine points a game. They're like, there are teams that probably have not scored nine goals in 10 games, and she is averaging nine points. So uh, it, for anybody out there that's not too soccer literate, a point is either a goal or an assist in a game. So she is she is scoring or assisting nine goals a game. So the, the team, in essence, is scoring at least that many, right? Or they have that many points. Right. Um, so I, I, I already gave one to her. So I'm going to – she gets like half of one, and the other half um, – the other half goes to Faith George. She's also a player for Fruitland, um, but Faith she's averaging um, she's averaging four point two points a game. So, you know, that alone would probably get it a star or an all conference rating. But when your four point two is still less than fifty percent of who's on your team, you know, you're you somebody is doubling you on your team. Just just phenomenal. So those two players for Fruitland. For Fruitland right now, just absolutely um, on a roll right now. Um, and then it, you look again, it, it and, and the, those are the only two to play all eleven games right now for Fruitland. Those two, um, so and Fruitland. So we'll go. We'll just give it to Faith. She didn't get one last time. So Faith George from Fruitland, our third star of the week. I like it. Um, I hope somebody can can topple the dynasty that is Coeur d'Alene Charter just because I, li- I like to see new teams get in there and yeah. have success. And maybe Fruitland's the team this year in 3A girls soccer. And they, yeah, they look good. I mean, it, when that's the thing is, and you've got players like that, you just, you just don't know what can happen. When you have somebody that can nine points, she's going to come up with five goals and four assists in a game. Yeah. You got to, du- you know, between her and Faith, you're going to have to double somebody, right? Theoretically, or you got to pay so much attention to those two that if, if you take your eyes off of them, then you got everybody else around. And so, not, a, you know, if they're not scoring, they're distracting. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see maybe if Fruitland can, can knock off Coeur d'Alene Charter or somebody, anybody out there, right? <laughs> anybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Treasure Valley Prepcast uh, presented by D11's Bank. This is Community Banking. We ran a little long tonight. Uh, sorry about that. But we had some really good conversation about the reclassification process in general. I thought it was a good conversation. So for this one time, it's all right that we ran long. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. But <laughs> you were listening anyway. So, nah. Right. All right. So uh, we'll be back to break it all down again next week uh, on the Treasure Valley Prepcast for Logan Green. I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for listening on IdahoSports.com.